So if you want to comment right away on our conversation with Pepila shortly, you can dial us on 067-271-8239 and leave your voice notes there and we'll play them on air. So we now allow for that to happen. You can call us 067-271-8239. I'll keep on repeating it until we get used to it. We'll also put it on our Facebook page so that you don't forget it. Sawbona Pepile. Hello, Rems. Are you well? Good, good, good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Why am I not hearing as clear as I'd like to hear you? I don't know. I'm right yeah, here. Yeah, you're in on the right the microphone. Mic. You're on, on the right microphone. I don't know what's happening there. Anyway, thank you for seeing you again. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. And uh, hello to everybody at home, driving home. Um, hi, everyone. Yeah. So tonight we're focusing on uh, customer experience, client and customer experience, enhancing client and customer or customer experience. Uh, I had a chat with somebody over the weekend. I, I was at the at the derby, which I refuse to call the Soweto derby. I believe there's only one derby in this country. <laughs> so I was at the derby, and I was complaining about my customer experience somewhere. Uh, and I used the way that sometimes I feel that we are being herded. I don't feel like I'm a customer as an individual. We are a herd of people, and they just drive us in in one direction. So I'm going to ask this question, which before we go to other questions. Is the notion that customer is always right, right and fair? Well, that's a that's a bomb of a question to ask right at the beginning yeah. um, of a conversation. But um, if we take a step back to, I think, one of the conversations we had when we're talking about strategy and we're talking about what it is and what the reason is behind you starting the business. It's really about you meeting a customer need. So, so, so if that is the departure and that is the, the, the turning point or the departure point, then yes, the customer is always right in yeah. some way because when the customer comes to you, they're expressing some sort of dissatisfaction. Yes. And it is in your interaction at that moment that determines the nature of the relationship going forward. But when the customer makes a request, so this is not a complaint. This is when a customer wants something personalized, customized. So I uh, I don't know. I'm a plumber. And, and I don't know why I always choose plumber. Let's say I'm a baker. Let's, <laughs> say, uh, let's say I'm a baker. And I've got a client that comes to me and say, well, you know, I'd like my bread to be a bit seeded mm. uh, and stuff like that. Mm. But if they, if I believe they don't buy enough quantities for me to personalize their bread, do I have a right to show them the proverbial mid middle finger okay. politely? <laughs> well, we're not trying to show any customer <laughs> any middle <laughs> finger if we want to be having sustainable businesses. Yeah. So, so that is a definite no-no. Yeah. Um, but yes, important is really about saying, well, one, what is the nature of my business? What is the customer requesting? And... Is it in line with the need that I'm trying to fulfill, you know, yeah. in mass? Um, and if not, what what can I do to leave the customer feeling um, as though I have addressed what they need? Mm. So a response to a request is not necessarily only yes. There are many responses to requests. 
So, so you have and, to and be... And yes, is not always the answer. And yes, and yeah. yes is not the only answer and is not always the answer. So very important is what exactly are you trying to articulate, communicate, um, and, and leave with the customer in that moment? Great. By the way, we'd like you to, jo- to join us in this conversation, especially if you're having some issues with customer experience and you'd like to, you know, the coach to help you a bit... Uh, and hopefully that it can enhance your business. We are on zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. Twitter at Rams by the Horns and Facebook Metro FM Talk with Rams. And yes, you can drop us a voice note. O six seven two seven one eight two three nine. That's the number. Pepe Lazier uh, to help you. She may not help you immediately, but she can help you long term. You know, we we not we not uh, we don't throw bones and answer everything immediately. Sometimes it is a long term thing. How do I then personalize a client or a customer relationship? How do I make it? How do I make somebody feel that they're taken care of as a person, as a as a personal client to me? Mm. So obviously, all of that is dependent on the nature of your business. Yeah. You know, if I'm selling, I'm a stock sweetie. You know, there's a limitation to yeah. you know the nature of the personalization. But maybe let's take a step back and talk about what is it that we are talking about when we talk about the customer experience, because the customer experience is really the the sum total of your customers' interactions with you. And that creates perceptions and feelings. Mm. And it's important that we talk about feelings because it's not always a very rational thing um, that we're trying to to. I think it's, it's always completely irrational, but that's just me. So it's very much a, an emotional aspect mm. that we're trying to build. And it's important that we, we build this emotional connection with a customer because that's where loyalty, sustainability, mm-hmm. and so forth lives because people want that affinity and people stay with brands that they are, have affinity to, yes. that they like, that they you know have a relationship with. So, so that's important. So when we talk about personalization, personalization is a tactic that we use to create that connection. Yeah. So it could be, I mean, if we talk about something as mundane as, you know, back in the days they used to send you emails and say, dear customer, yeah. you know. Well, back in the day it was a fax. <laughs> you know, that fax that says, dear customer, you yeah. know, now we talk about, you know, dear Rams, yes. you know. Um, that's, that's what we talk about when we talk personalization. We're talking to, is this engagement and interaction talking specifically to you, your needs, um, your likes, etc. So, so personalization is a tactic that one uses mm. to to grow that relationship yeah. um, with the client. Is the I I I I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question knowing that I could be too extreme. Is is there mm-hmm. over personalization? Could there be a concept like that that you're going too far? Absolutely. And I, and I, I wouldn't say over-personalization, but I'd say irrelevant yeah. personalization. Mm. You know, So personalization only works if it's relevant. Yes. So the fact that I said, dear Rams, is not going to make you buy more of my product. Yes. It's what is in that, what content do you have in that message? You know, what are you offering me? Mm. Have you taken the data that you know about me, you know, to be able to customize your product? to deliver to my experience. Mm-hmm. So 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 the personalization is not only for, you know, it to seem like you know me, etc., but let it be relevant. So the relevance aspect of it becomes critical. 
um, and not only limited to just that you know, I know yeah. your name, I know your birthday, that's not going to convert me to buy more, etc. So, in my bakery, uh, uh, how do I how do I enhance my client's experience with, my, with the product a- and the service? Because I may sell bread, but it's also a service. It's not only just about bread, it's also the service I give them. How can I enhance it so that they come back more and more and they start to feel that there's no better sliced bread than mine? So the one thing that becomes very important is around the seamless experience Mm -hmm. that you're offering your clients. So what you don't want to do is to think about customer service only in terms of Rams is coming to buy the bread. Think about actually when does the client start to come into contact with your brand and what are those touch points that you need to be building those relationships, those moments of truth. Um, You know, so, so... What's the interaction in store? What is the interaction online? What is the inter? So, what is that seamless experience that mm. you're giving me that articulates your brand promise? Because remember, through your marketing activities, etc., you are making a promise to the customer. You know, yeah. and that promise has to be matched by the experience that I get. So, so using an example of, you know, a financial services institution a long time ago had that simpler, better, faster. Mm-hmm. 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 So the promise through marketing activities and advertising, etc., says simpler, better, faster. Yeah. But then I walk into a branch and what I get, slower, slower, and slower. Yes. So, so and the, difficult. And difficult, yeah. you know. So the important thing is about saying, think about what it is that your brand is standing for. Yes. Uh, what are you promising the customer through your interactions? And are you able to meet that at the point of interaction? Zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. We're in the coaching class with Pepile Similani Mudisele, director at True North Coaching and Consulting. What are the things that you're facing from a customer service experience uh, that, that you'd like to talk to us about? I mean, uh, you know, I, I believe that one thing, Pepile, that I've always believed in is that the worst nightmare for all people who run their business is our clients. <laughs> we don't show it. We love them because they pay. But there are times when that phone rings and you think, oh, God, what could have gone wrong? You know, what are they not happy about when they come back the next day? So I'd like, you know, guys to talk to us and say, you know, and, and sometimes I, I don't want you guys to believe that because I don't believe that. I don't believe the customer is always right. I believe they have a right to complain all the time, but they're not always right. Even in their complaint, it's about how you handle it, of course. Uh, Absolutely. And and personally, I also believe that there is room for the proverbial middle finger. So you can drop us a uh, a voice note on zero six seven two seven one eight two three nine. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. How do I build loyalty between me and my client? Well, what is loyalty really? Mm. You know, loyalty lives in the relationship and the nature of the relationship. And people are loyal to brands or to people, if you think about people in any relationship, that they can trust. Mm. You know, so they can trust to deliver what they say they're going to do, that they have an affinity to, um, you know, that they like, that they have that emotional connection to that we described a little bit earlier. So so it's a sum total of a lot of things that builds the loyalty. And it's important to try and build that solid relationship with your client built on trust mm-hmm. because... You know that clients that stay with you add a lot more value. You know, um, we talk about it's you know cheaper to keep a client yeah. than to get a new one.
So it's important that you build those, you know, that loyalty with your existing customer base because it extends the lifetime value of your client. Um, How do we do it? I mean, I've, you know, I've always heard about, you know, uh, a little Christmas gift there, Valentine's gift if this uh, client is is so inclined and how do I know that anyway? Uh, (laughs) Do those things really work? You know, I I ask myself genuinely because I, I am personally not so inclined. If I ever, if I never got a Christmas gift, I would never feel that people don't think about me. And similarly, if I never gave it, I don't want people to think I don't think about them because I don't think that's that's who I am. I would be happier though to 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 go and and have a dinner, uh, you know, a, a four course dinner, and have something else. How do we do it? Uh, that is not too crass, but that we don't we we not not do it. Mm. So what you're describing are tactics. So if we go back to the departure point, the departure point is, do you know your clients? Mm. Do you know your clients? Do you know the things that they like? Do you know the things that they dislike? What do they think is value? What adds value in, you know, in their world and in their lives? Mm. Once you start to understand those things, then you start to understand where it is that you can add value. Yeah. And those are the moments that you want to capture. Those are the moments that you want to capture. So, so in building the relationship um, with your client, it can't be a spray and pray approach yeah. that we do this whatever birthday gift and etc. Because your clients are attracted and need different things. So your personalization, again, back to your Comes personalization, talk to that, has to be intelligent personalization. So how are you analyzing the data that you know about your clients to be able to respond to them in a way that speaks to them? Could it help if I send them a questionnaire? Like, do you like trips? Do you like chocolate? Do you tick, tick, tick? <laughs> <laughs> but a- on the principle... Do ask your customers. Yeah. They're the best people to tell you what they want. So spend time talking to them, engaging them, you know, and gathering data. It doesn't have to be so obvious, but that is how we get the information is from the user. On Twitter, Chase Your Dreams is, is I think his name is also Little Honolulu because it's at Little Honolulu May. He says, Good evening, Brahms and your guest. I have a non profit organization and I want to host a fundraising event. How do I speak to my specific clients, e.g. the difference makers, sponsors, and such? I'm not sure whether it's related, but I, you know, fact is he heard you and he thinks you can answer such questions. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wish I could engage just a little bit further. That's uh, the sadness about uh, social media. Is yeah, it's antisocial. It yes, can be. <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that it would be quite interesting to know what it is that he wants to engage them on. Is mm-hmm. it inviting them? Is it getting a sense of, you know, what would attract them in that evening? Mm-hmm. I mean, what is the purpose of this dinner? Is it a fundraising? Yeah, um, it is a fundraising dinner. You know, dinner, it's yeah. a fundraising dinner. Yeah. Exactly. So when he talks about, I want to engage them, in what context mm. is he talking about? Yeah. Yeah, so because without that important. without that information, we can't help much. I'd be shooting in the dark. If you could send us more, the Tonolo, before the end of the show, we will. We'll, uh, but of course, we also give her details so you can engage her later, but that could just cost you money. We, I don't know. When she's here, it doesn't cost you money. When she's not in this room, I can't guarantee you much, mate. <laughs> so maybe you want to move a bit faster. Uh, how do I introduce a change? So, uh, again, uh, things have changed. 
uh, maybe because of regulations or because of whatever else. So I'm going to put less sugar in my bread or less salt in my bread. It's, the weight is going to be slightly less. Uh, but it's going to be a change that impacts my client. Mm. How do I introduce that change to them? Mm. That's a very good question. So introducing change to clients comes in two ways. So the one way is you are adding value to their process, you know, yeah. to, to their product or to their service and so forth. Um, things like regulatory changes and, so you know, talk to um, one, see how you can make a connection between that regulatory change and the value that that adds mm -hmm. to their lives. So what is the benefit? Clients don't want to know about your problems. Yeah. Uh, keep your problems What is to good yourself. for me? So what's in it for me? Yeah. Um, and that's really the point of engagement and communication um, is to ensure that one, it's clearly communicated. And secondly, the what's in it for me is very clear. Always important. Mm. What's Always in it for important. me? Yeah. Uh, so I was taught in the school of journalism. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's a different question, but it, it means what's in it for me. Mm. So the question we are taught is, so what? Yeah. So what? I, I hear you. You just told me about all these things. So what? what yeah. Why should I care? Yeah. So until you tell me why, why it matters to me, I'm not interested. Yeah, well, we are naturally selfish beings. Yes. So what's in it for me? How do you deal, though, with potential resistance? Some of the changes may, may be price sensitive. So things happen and it's going to affect the price. Or if I reduced the sugar, then somebody says, well, make it cheaper for me. Hmm. And I say, but I can't. Uh, you know, it, it, the processes are still the same of putting this bread together. How do I, how do I not suffer somebody saying, no, then I'm going to go to Tabang who sells his bread cheaper yeah. and still has lots of sugar or salt. Yeah. yeah, then Tabang is not listening to the regulations. Yeah. <laughs> and there are people like that. You know, the fact is in my business, I also compete with people who don't yeah. listen to the yeah. law. Then Tabang, yeah. And, yeah. and and again, that's a wonderful point of differentiation yeah. in terms of what it is that you bring to the table, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so, yes, so people are, you know, some people are resistant to change. Some people adopt quite quickly, but some people take a long time to adopt. Yes. So it's really about, one, the customized of your messaging to ensure that you know it is quite clear the what it, you know what's in it for me yeah. um, aspect um, of it um, and you keep at it you know so some people think you know I told you once you should know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no 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 I tell you all the time <laughs> until you move with me uh, I engage with you all the time I make adjustments based on the feedback that I get from you mm. um, and so forth so it's a dynamic relationship. That's what customer experience is about. Um, and what that's what a relationship is about. You know, I tell you this, you adjust here, you move there, and show me how you are moving according to what I'm telling you. If I'm going to change, let's forget about legislation and stuff like that. Mm. If I'm going to change my price, if my bread is going to change by one rand, maybe because I just realized that actually I've been underpricing myself. You know, my overheads are way too high than what I'm getting out of this bread. I'm almost subsidizing the people who eat my bread. I'm not making money out of this thing. How, how do I communicate to them without telling them that darling in the favor? It's time you paid me. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's about what it is that you are adding of value again. So, so you have to understand quite clearly what this product 
is changing. So yeah. it's not the same 100% bre- bread that you bought, that white bread you bought. Now we've added this, that, 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 that. Mm. That makes it a little bit more value adding. Also, I think, you know, the scenario you're painting is a little bit of a strategic one as well mm. because really it's about saying, have you done the work to see what your consumers will pay yeah. for you know for a loaf of bread and what your competitors yeah. are charging for a loaf yeah. of bread. So if you are charging, you know, one rand more than your nearest competitor, then you will know that feet are going to move yeah. because bread is a basic item where yeah. price sensitivity comes to play. Mm-hmm. But if you're adding one rand to a new car, you know, that kind of one rand is not such a big amount. If I add even. one rand to seeded bread and everybody else's bread is not seeded, yeah. is that justified? Could be because you are talking to a niche, yes, uh-huh, yes. To, you know, sort of market, and perhaps the price sensitivity is not that much. Again, know your customers and know their thresholds. Do the work and do the homework to understand and know them before you make any changes. We don't make changes willy-nilly in our businesses because the result could be quite dismal. This is the first time ever that I've heard you here, and it's probably probably the tenth time I've heard you here, that I feel so depressed. <laughs> You've not made my life easy because I'm thinking about things that are practical to me currently now. So here's my last question to you. Nobody likes feedback. Mm. Because nine out of ten times, we never get great feedback. Nobody calls you and say, wow, you know, I love what you do. I love your service. I love your bread. It's o- they only call when they think, this is not the longer, no longer the bread that we've been eating. Something is wrong. Mm. How do I acknowledge feedback? And, and, and how, do I, how do I not feel personal about it? Mm. The first thing that I'd like to say is you need to change your mindset about feedback. Yeah. Because feedback is the point of growth. Feedback is the point where we grow, we learn, we expand, Mm. and so forth. So we have to take feedback as a learning point. So that mental shift and that attitude shift changes the way in which we receive it. Because if we receive it as this is the point that's going to support me in growing my business and enable me to grow, then that makes a very big difference in terms of how we receive it. So very important to acknowledge it when you receive it. You know, so important to acknowledge that I've heard you. Yeah. You know, I've heard you. And take the time to think about the adjustments that you want to make. And sometimes in terms of the feedback, the feedback will be, no, thank you, but we'll continue the same. Yeah. Or, you know, thank you and we'll come back to you. Mm. So important to acknowledge feedback that you receive because that is the point of your growth. Uh, Anyone who keeps telling you how perfect you are is not enabling you to grow. You need to hear some feedback to know that this is where I need to make adjustments. And feedback, of course, can be positive and negative. So it's not only negative. You will get used to the fact that our listeners only call on about to say goodbye. So, <laughs> Mastermind, good evening. Good evening. Good evening, my brother and my sister. Are you well? Yeah, Mastermind. Nice one, nice one. Thank you for bringing us a coach, Rams. Thank you for listening, mate. Yes, uh, my question is very, very short, Rams. You know, uh, me and my friends, we started an events company uh, here in Pumalanga with Bank. So our problem is we have clients that are big, that are, that are running away from us in a sense that when we propose events with them and plan everything, we do posters, we do banners, but then you found on the last day, 
two days to go, three days to go. They just cancel events out of nowhere. Mm. I don't know, maybe it's because we just started, but then we've been in the game. We just had to register the company. Mm. Mm. Now, now it's three days ago. So what I want to know is how do we deal with them? Do they trust us? Uh, or maybe we should we trust them? How do we break out of them? Mm. Or how do we work with them better? Mm. Okay, very, very good question. Um, I think very importantly is really in terms of how do you go about, you know, binding the client to the relationship? Mm -hmm. So what is your contracting or what is the nature of your contracting with your client? So, So when your clients come to you and say this is the event that we want to do and you put a proposal in place and you put a budget in place for that you know for that event at that point in time when they say yes we want to go ahead with it there should be some contracting mm. that says yes we're going to go with it and this is the cancellation policy so should you cancel you will pay xyz Mm, oh, mind. Okay, but on. he's listening. Don't worry. He's yeah. listening. Yeah. So very important. So just how we contract with our cl- clients uh, and how we teach them to treat us is very important. I was going to say this to Mastermind that, uh, you know, we y- you must be prepared uh, to lose some things if, if, if it means it's going to get to that. So my, my view about this, and I agree with you, by the way, but there are things that could be paid 50% up front. Absolutely. And, and it, it could be that you could have a cancellation fee, but you could say, remember, I have to rent my key. It's not, I don't own my keys. So the minute I make that commitment with somebody else, I have to pay them. I used to be in some business where we, we needed printing over and above what we do. And I told them printing is not what I do. I buy it elsewhere. Absolutely. So once we agree, I need 50% of the printing costs. Once they've given me that, they're not going to pull out of this thing because they've already paid. And for me, fortunately, the printing costs were the most ex- was the most expensive part of the business. So they've already given me a huge sum of money. They can't pull out of this thing. The, the danger, of course, not the danger, but the, the flip side is that they may say, well, forget about it. But I'm, I'd rather lose that than to lose my money with a client that could cancel with me. That's what I was going to say to Mastermind. No, absolutely. And you're absolutely right yeah. in terms of, again, back to the nature of the contracting, in terms of what are then the payment terms, what are the payment milestones, mm. and, 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 and how do you get the client to commit um, to this event? Yes. Um, so absolutely right. So get some money up front um, and, and tie them down. Uh. I suspect uh, uh, Tato is taking somebody else on the line. I was just about to say, but oh. in the meantime, before we do that, uh, how 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 do they speak to you beyond this moment? Well, you know, we're not going to always have, and when we have, it's only thirty minutes. But I think they must always talk to you, our listeners. So, how do they get hold of you? Well, the easiest thing to do would be to catch me on social media. So on Twitter, I'm at Pepile S. You can also email me. So email me in my office. Uh, it's my name, Pepile, um, at truenorthpath.co.za. That's usually the easiest way to, to get hold of me, particularly Great stuff. if we're talking business. Great stuff. We take one last call. I have exactly one minute left for your call, Lucky. Good evening. Uh, okay, I- like it's not your fault. Let's start again. One minute. Okay. Oh, good evening. How are you? Um, well, we also have an event company uh, which uh, we run in the Val. So basically, 
we do get like big tenders that we beat for, say, um, a, a huge gigs that we, we beat for. So the problem is sometimes we struggle in terms of funds because even if you, you pop the money out of your pocket, the problem would be how do you actually get uh, brands, big brands to actually back you in terms of that? That was like my biggest question on terms of how do you actually get huge brands like... Um, say, from the beverages to actually back you up? How do you go about in terms of getting that? Hey, that Fatima's pay for. Thank you for yeah. the call, Lucky. We'll, okay, we'll respond just much. shortly. I'm going to take a break, then we'll respond to him. So you make a comeback, nobody wants you to leave. Let's respond to Lucky and let me get rid of you, Pepe. <laughs> Lucky, um, the nature of your business sometimes is such that um, you have to put some money up front. And, and really, when it comes to issues of tenders and so forth, um, sometimes it is very difficult to negotiate the payment terms that we discussed. So I think what becomes important is if you're able to bring in, you know, you were mentioning alcohol beverages, if the hook with them could be around sponsorships, etc. So think about what is the value that you can offer to them that would make it beneficial for them to offer you, whether it's good terms or some sort of sponsorship for that event. Mm. You know, Lucky, let me promise you this. I, I've been talking to somebody uh, and we want to have a conversation on, on raising sponsorship. But the, one of the reasons I want us to have that conversation is that actually it's it's getting even more difficult to raise sponsorship. And I want them to bring their experience and talk to us about innovative ways. But also, it's getting tougher, mate, to raise sponsorships. I can tell you, sponsors are getting tired and they go for bigger brands. So you and I, small people, Pepil, wonderful seeing you and thank you very much for tonight. Thank you very much. We're going to put all your details on our Facebook page. They'll get hold of you. We shall see you again shortly, soon, hopefully. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Thank you. Have thank a great, you everyone. great week thank ahead. You.